0: Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning and end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions. As we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God, may our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. Now, Friend, if you'd like to Go ahead and get
1: a fresh basket of clean clothes so you can start folding your laundry while listening. There you go. Hallelujah. Oh, <laughs> or, uh, you know, put some more weight on the bench so you can max out your bench press like you never have before. To so this intense stimulation,
2: you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this
1: is my workout music. <laughs> Whatever you find yourself doing today, we pray that you would enjoy the Deep Waters podcast.
0: Hi, John. Hi, Benjamin. <laughs> Hi, Jace. Hi, John. <laughs> <laughs> so today, I won't be interviewing you because you're two of the most interesting people I know. <laughs> Get
2: out here.
1: That's so, the best. So
0: okay, fun. I was thinking about this. Our podcast has
1: had some more interviews lately. You really just asked me about this before we started recording, John, and it made me realize we're a church that seeks to be... A place of family yeah fellowship where people are known and I actually love that this can be a platform where we get to know each other mm-hmm. even though it's sort of a one-way conversation because listeners aren't able to speak back to us and we can't get to know them in the process um, listeners are able to get to know different members of our congregation through yeah. this platform and I'm, I'm like so grateful for that for the end of family and fellowship so listener, if you have never had the incredible privilege of meeting the one and only John Bottles, um, may this just remind you that he's a wonderful human who serves our church faithfully, who loves the Lord, and you get a chance to like, look into his heart and his life and his mind a little bit in this time. So we're really eager to get to hear from you today, John. Thanks for giving us your time. Welcome, here we are. We are really? yeah. heart, mind, body, soul, a spirit, Holy simply know. in the room with the Holy Spirit.
2: Yeah, yeah. we honestly should have a fourth mic in here. Yeah,
1: because there's more than three of us here. And There's one leader. Spirit, you yeah. have anything you want to say? Hello. <laughs> Hello. That was amazing. I don't know, <laughs> <but> <laughs> we're just talking to John. To the um, <laughs>
2: John, you are a you're on the board of elders here too. I think we should also say that because mm-hmm. you. You are at the, I don't even know how to describe this, but at at the highest level of guidance of the church and decision-making, and not that you have to go into that, but I think it's cool that we get to know people. We've had Megan on here, getting to know her, Mm -hmm. Justin, people that are on this board of elders, and so just if you didn't know that listener,
1: that is what you do for the church Mm -hmm. on like a practical level, outside of many other things. Yeah, actually, could you just answer that question, what
0: do you do for the church? Because I know you're also involved in other ways. That's a good question. Um, A lot of people, I think, ask if I'm on staff, or people at the church that don't know me well. So I was like, I'm not on staff, but I'm around. So um, I'm on the board of elders, and then I led a house church for... Five years that we just uh, myself and my buddy Riley led that, and we just mm-hmm. uh, stepped down from doing that. Mm-hmm. And I started doing young adults. So as of now, oh, I'm a young adult leader. Oh, I didn't know that. So, That's yes. awesome. Praise and God. Brittany, my sister in law that you both know and love, mm-hmm. runs that. So she's my boss now. <laughs> yes. And I'm her other boss. So. <laughs> Whoa. <Well, laughs> so, you know, there's levels. So there's <laughs> levels. That's, layers, you know. That's um, great. Oh, young yeah. adult is awesome. Wow, i know i love young so adults cool. Cool. So yeah I'm, they say what like 18 to 26 i'm 28 but i'm, I'm still young adult for sure so
2: totally.
0: um what else do i do i lead i lead some prayer sets which i love that's probably my uh that's like my bread and butter that's what i love leading so mm-hmm. lead prayer sets how often do you say you lead a set i think probably twice a month sure Mm -hmm. I I love the morning sets, so I lead some of the morning sets. So shout out 6 a.m. Wednesdays. Yeah. Come. Be there. So good. Square. At
1: the River House offices. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. Can I ask you why you value that space so much for someone who maybe doesn't know the value in a 6 a.m. prayer set?
0: Yeah, that's a super good question. I think what my personal river house we talk about the secret place a lot obviously jordan our head pastor highly values the secret place and i think the secret place sometimes i know i've tried to like develop it on my own when going to corporate prayer sets has actually developed like my personal time with the lord so much because Mm -hmm. i've learned so much from the way other people pray and the way other people worship and I think we've man, we've been doing prayer sets pretty much since Riverhouse started and they've really evolved and changed as we felt the Lord resting on things. So one thing we've learned is like to open up with Thanksgiving and praise. And then in my own personal prayer time, that's really helped me because sometimes I'll wake up at six in the morning and try to sit there and pray. And it's like I'm half asleep. So you know, learning that oh, we enter his courts with Thanksgiving and praise will like wake me up in the morning sometimes. And actually yeah. has helped my prayers. Prayer life a lot, so I think I love prayer. So that's probably the short answer. But then the longer answer is it's like a, it's kind of like a bigger secret place. In sense. <laughs> I think that's how it feels to me. And then it also gives you looks into other people's secret place. I think because yeah. you know we all pray different ways and we all say different words, so it's fun to hear how people relate. Like I usually I've re- recognized my prayer life. I'm always praying to Jesus when there's people that'll show up and. They're always praying to the Holy Spirit or to the Father. So I think that I didn't even realize that, oh, my word, I'm, like, always praying to Jesus when yeah, there's three of them. <laughs> <laughs> we have options. Come on, yeah. yeah.
2: So. I, I love the idea of, or the concept of learning to pray. I feel like that wasn't something I had grasped until more recently, where it's just like, yeah, we pray, and it's just, you just talk to God, you know? And it's like, I don't know, like, that's it conceptually easy, but when you get down to it, you're like, well, I, you know, asked that my test would go well or whatever. And then you go to a prayer center, you're like, I didn't know you could pray about that. Or I didn't know you could pray this way. And it does open up mm-hmm. your mind and, like, your vocabulary. And, you know, I didn't know you could pray that angry or that, that excited or that joyful or mm-hmm. you can laughter in prayer. Like, how does that fit into my— So it's like, I think I love the, the posture of, like, I want to go to even learn how to pray. I think that's really cool.
1: Mm-hmm. It's fun for me to hear you say that because you've been one of the people who has shaped my prayer life. Because you are a leader in that space and I've come to that space and like, learned from your secret place. I forget if it was AJ that first said this to me, but somebody-wise said, if you're accustomed to going to the throne room or to the feet of Jesus, it's like you're wearing a path Um Often and you're used to walking it and you can lead people in that same path mm-hmm. Because it's where you're gonna naturally want to go, but it, yeah. you can't Lead other people to places that you haven't ever gone before so it is kind of like we have windows into each other's secret places And then because of that now what my secret place is Has an ability to grow mm-hmm. what a gift Mm
0: -hmm. I think I heard, I used to struggle with this, but like a little bit about what you were talking about. I think someone said to me, prayer is like a muscle, like you have to use it for it to grow. And I think at first it sounded so not spiritual that it was kind of like, that sounds like performance and striving if it's like a muscle. But I do think there's a reality to that that's actually super helpful where it's like, the more you get around people that pray, the more or you get around prayer movements. Like you learn things. Like I've learned language, like to express to Jesus that I would have never known. Mm-hmm. Like right, it's like I would have, I would have never known that I could express. You know how beautiful He is, or how I just thought I ask Him things, and then you get around someone yeah. that pours their heart out to tell the Lord how beautiful He is, and it's like, oh, I'm like, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Like you can approach Him that way. So. I think it's fun to, uh, it's fun to get around people. There's a verse that says boldly, uh, it talks about boldly approaching the throne of grace. And it's like, I think at prayer sets, when I witness somebody boldly approach the throne of grace, there's something that like standing off and it's like, oh, it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I can go there. Like I can access, I can go there too. So it's been fun. Prayer sets specifically too in this season of my life. I told Jordan this the other day, but I have my personal prayer times with the Lord. Something's just felt off. Like I would say, I've just felt more disconnected probably for the last year or so. And I've been going to way more prayer sets because I felt like, oh, like there's something in my personal time that's felt a little bit, it just felt a little like I've had to lean into people more rather than like isolate and just try to push through. I feel like the Lord's actually really encouraged me to like, hey, like, you know, like, yeah, there's something to be said about staying where you're at and pressing through, but I think there's also something to be said about, like, man, I just don't have the energy this morning, so I'm going to go get around 20 people who are seeking the Lord, and something in me comes alive every time. And it's like, you get in a wow. room full of faith, and instead of sitting in there in the morning being attacked by the enemy trying to muster up the faith, I can sit in a prayer room and look around at a few people that are pouring themselves out to Jesus, and I'm like, oh, like, I'm there. Like, yeah. I'm with you guys. Whoa. You know? So it's like the it's like a basketball team. If you've got four really really good people playing with you, you don't have to be a star. Like you can you can just be a good player with them. And I think that's like you get in a prayer set. That's you know that's maybe not the best analogy, but you get around people that that are filled with faith, and then it's way it's I don't know yeah. maybe easy is not the right word, but it's I don't know. We are made for each other. The secret place has its role, but I think there's something of we were made to feed off of each other. Yeah, amen. Hey, what's the phrase? Rising tide rises all ships? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something, something rises something, all boats. Something, something yeah. to that effect. It's I've, like a little bit like, con- we've been in a season of contra- consecration at River House. I know there's lots of people doing Bible reading plans and, and just a lot more kind of rigorous in the spiritual disciplines. And it's been way easier for me because I'm like, I know 30 guys that are doing something similar to what I'm doing yeah. and just simply knowing that it's like, for, it just makes it way easier when wow. we're doing it with people. I think the enemy has less access. I think he has less access to us when we're so linked together because it's so much harder to be isolated, you know, when when we're together. Yeah. I think that's so good. I think, and especially, it's such an anti-cultural
2: movement mm-hmm. to, to, to come together and to, to even see the churches call as a a unified thing and not just my individual duties. Mm -hmm. Because that's where you're just gonna get like pulled away and isolated and like you're you are gonna be more vulnerable. Like instead of like being like a herd where there is like protection.
1: Mm -hmm. I feel like I've brought up how hyper individualistic our culture is in Mm -hmm. most of the podcasts we've had lately. (laughs) Yeah. But I keep doing it I think because I at least want to continue to remind myself that it's the cultural soup that we swim in. So maybe my impulse is, wow, Lord, prayer just isn't really doing it for me as much lately. My impulse, then I'm gonna like pull inward, Mm -hmm. in the flesh, like something about my culture, I feel like tells me I have to figure this out on my own. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like. For whatever reason, that feels like the impulsive decision to make, and I don't know if that's culture, I don't know if that's flesh in me, I don't know if that's the enemy. Mm-hmm. But um, you're a testament to lean in and actually allowing like koinonia, allowing fellowship of believers
0: to pull us into the the upward call of Christ. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it, like the culture we swim in, like you said, it's so individualistic that it's like the lie is that like oh, the people who lead prayers, it's like they figured it out in their secret closet, so I need to as well when it's like my story is the opposite of that—is like I got thrown in the deep end seven years ago with a bunch of people that are way further than me, and then mm-hmm. it's like I just am like I've gleaned so much, and obviously it's become, you know, there's a part of me that's different than all those people I gleaned from, but it's like I've just, it's like I just want to be a sponge. It's like mm-hmm. I just, you know, get around people that are, if, if I feel like someone's bigger than me in the spirit, if I, if I, you know, it's like get around them and, and then just glean, like there's not, there's nothing new under the sun, hmm. you know, right? It's like where you can glean so much that it'll take years to figure out on your own, but then you get around people and you just, you learn. So can you um, share with the listeners kind
2: of a bit of your story about how jumping into community changed your life? Like, because I know that 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 was a big part of your story. Like, would you want to, like, talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I think it's a really powerful testimony.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, uh, I grew up a Christian going to church, never really, like, leaned into, like, I would say Christian community. I was always in Christian school or Christian or going to church, like, regularly, but, like, I was always so oriented towards sports that it was, like, my friends were the kids on, like, the basketball team or whatever. It was never, like it was never like youth, I didn't really go to youth group or anything like that. And then I had a season, end of high school, I went to high school with Jase, yeah. shout out Cole mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> So fun. So through okay. high school and then into college that I really wasn't doing like anything spiritually. I, it was just kind of dry. I was like probably not realizing that I was like questioning a lot of things, but definitely was just like what I had tasted, didn't inspire me in a lot of that. That's not that where I was at or the schools or like the the settings I was in weren't good, but it just, I don't, I don't think I was very inspired by what I had seen in Christianity. And then got to a place where I was actually super lonely. I had cut off most of my friends in college and my old high school friends because I was like, I know the life I'm living isn't gonna fulfill me, but I don't know what to do. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because my story was like I, ended up at NNU and just I purposely got a dorm room by myself because I was like, I don't want like influences. Like I want to figure this out. So I went into like extreme isolation, was lonelier like than I've ever been. Um, And I ended up at uh, Jordan. He had like a young adult ministry out um, encounter out close to where I was going to school and I ran into him. And I dove pretty deep. That was right before Riverhouse started, but um, dove pretty deep into that community. And then it was really his life. I saw something in him. I remember the language that I thought I remember thinking this thought when I heard him preach was like, you know, God, like, and I have to know him rather than like, oh, you know, your Bible or like you Like, you're a Christian, I remember being like, the way he talked, and probably just the spirit that he carried, it was like, you know, like, you know him, like, he's real to you, he's your friend. And not that I'd never seen people like that in my past, but for some reason at that point in my life, it just struck me that it was like, he's your friend. Um, So then, (laughs) I dove really deep into community, and it was really weird for me, because I wouldn't have ever told you what I would have never known what prophecy was. Speaking in tongues, I'd never heard someone speak in tongues. And when her house first started, I heard I was at a conference in Los Angeles and I heard a lady next to me in church speaking in tongues. And I was like, that's weird. Like what is going on? Um was just like it was really weird for me, but I was so desperate for God that I that I I think God really covered me because I like I kind of opened my arms to like, Lord, whatever's you I want, and if it's not of you, just show me. And so I really like let myself be influenceable by people. Like, I was like asking tons of questions, and I kind of, I started at ground zero basically with my spirituality, and it was like, I just, so I really had like, you know, 21 years of spiritual formation, and then I would say eight years ago, I basically became a baby again, and it was almost like my spiritual formation like almost completely restarted. Yeah, so so good.
1: Wow, that required a lot of humility for you to just submit to that process rather than coming in as a Christian kid from Christian school saying, yeah, like I know this God stuff, like I have it all figured out, are you kidding me? Like I've done Bible classes and whatever else. I feel like that would be an easy posture of heart that someone could take, but it's really clear that you took the exact opposite approach of just coming low and saying I wanna learn I'm captivated by the God that I see you know and I want to know him like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just reminded of Jesus saying those who humble themselves will be exalted, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. I know that verse means a lot of things but it feels to me like that applies in this setting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think
0: one thing, I think one thing that has helped me a lot and sometimes I see people get stuck in this area, but I think people are always afraid to, like, be badly influenced. Like, like they come into new settings where things are different, and it's easy to be like, okay, I want to make sure that this isn't weird. I need to make sure this is biblical, which is 100%, which is amazing, right? We want sound theology. We want things to be biblically sound. I think sometimes, though, we go so far that we never say, like, what if I never open myself up to God in a way that he could actually like influence me? I think sometimes we don't like, we're so so scared to be like, go the wrong way in our spirituality when we never have the, like we never have the fear that like, what if we never opened ourselves up to go the right way? You know what I mean? And I think it's a healthy balance. And I think God's way more gracious to keep us, you know? Mm -hmm. On, on a straight path, and I think sometimes paths, like even straight paths, they're a little bit like back and forth, we have experiences with God. I heard that lady pray in tongues and I was like, what in the world, like this is weird. Like, and it still is weird. I pray in tongues and I'm still like, this is so weird. Like it just <laughs> sounds weird, I don't sound like a human. Yeah. If anyone, like if most people in the world walked in this room right now, they would say, I need to go like to an insane asylum, like it's just weird, like right? But I think it's like, Hearing things like that that. and then being willing to ask questions, it actually creates, I think it creates room to then like, I don't know, to like have an experience that's different and then kind of deduct that way, you know, (laughs) rather than going into settings and being like, I need to be on the lookout. Yeah, And I think that's the approach I took. I think I was so hungry and so lonely and so desperate that it was easier for me to walk in a setting and not go like, I want to make sure no one's doing anything that's not good I think I was able to come with the approach of like I'm so desperate and like God just protect me because I don't understand any of this and like a lot of the things that are taking place are so different from my spiritual formation um so yeah I don't know it's and I know the reason I say this I think there's a lot of people at Riverhouse I know there, that just have come from different spiritual backgrounds that's probably my favorite thing i thought about this on the way here though i think one of my favorite things about river house is how diverse it is spiritually there's people for there's people from everywhere it's true there's people yeah. from you know we're not all the same there's people that have you know vastly different spiritual experiences and spiritual formation so
2: people that have years and years of li- being in a charismatic movement or even a more charismatic movement than river house and new christians and people coming from other faiths and people coming from really you know staunch you know more conservative christian streams too mm-hmm. and i think it's amazing that there is some magnetism to bring all these people together because mm-hmm. i think it i think it's because there's just a really authentic pursuit of god to know god and mm-hmm. not just know about god amen i think i love one thing you said it's just about being able to even ask questions I, I, I think there are people that come into a church service that feel like they need to be able to understand everything for it to even be good. Or like, I need to have all my answers correct and, and not leave room for maybe the complexities and the paradoxes of Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I love your humility of just like, um, you know, Lord, protect me and, and guide me and obviously like use discernment. But like, I want to be open to who you are and how you might show up in my life.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. that's really good Mm -hmm. another question I have just for the the listener is for you what would you sell someone that wants to move from knowing about God or about Christ to knowing Jesus like having a relationship with Jesus
0: Mm -hmm. Um, what would you say to that I think personal encounter is everything Mm -hmm. I think it's I guess that would be my story was I read the Bible, but the Bible was an old story. I read about God, but God was a distant God. When, if God, and I also heard this statement a lot, which shut me down, was I would go to, there was a more charismatic, I look back and I'm like, it really wasn't very charismatic, but a more charismatic movement. When I was in uh, college, I would come back and I would go to this church. And I had a lot of people that would tell me, don't go there because it's just emotionalism. Like it's just emotionalism. And that shut me down because then whenever I would see people cry or I'd see people raise their hands in worship, I was always like, oh man, like these people are like, they're just led by their emotions. And mm-hmm. it's just this false, like, you know, they're kind of disillusioned when it's like, if God really is a relational God, it's like, he he's like, he's an emotional God. He loves our emotions, right? Mm-hmm. If, if marriage is something that he gives us as a foretaste for what you know, for what our relationship with Him looks like. Like, I'm not married, both, both of you are, though. And I, it's like, you go to a wedding, and it's like, I cry at weddings, and I don't even always know the people that well, but it's like, it pulls up emotion. And so, um, for me, it, it was, well, here's what I started doing practically. I started uh, sitting on my floor with no music, no Bible, and rather than praying to God and asking for Him for things, I would just say, Lord, would you reveal yourself to me? And then I would just sit there in pure silence and try to think nothing. And probably a month of that, and it felt like I was wasting time. And then I had one day where I just sensed his presence. And there was nothing profound happened, but I just remember having the thought like, you're in the room with me. Like this morning, like I can tell you're here. And it wasn't any, it was literally so not profound, but I think it was what I needed because I was like, I just... Like it's what we prayed before we started this podcast is that like you're here with us. And I think at the essence of my spirituality, it's like I just need to know that God's he- like with me. Yeah. I just need to know that you're actually here. And so that was profound for me to go from, cause I would try to like even read my Bible to understand God more, but I was like, I don't, to shut my Bible and then even to like stop praying and asking God for things and just to simply be like, are you in the room? and then when when my awareness was elevated to realize that it, it was like it just changed because wow. i was like oh now you're here and then when i opened the bible it's like well you're here with me so then this actually starts making more sense come <laughs> on so then shout out jordan he was the one i met with him after uh, <laughs> after i was like he know like he knows god like i need i need whatever he has i had a. Uh, I had lunch with him, and I thought it was just like, dude, just tell me how to get what you have. Like, I just, I need to know God. And I remember he was like, just, he's like, just sit on your floor in silence. And he's like, just invite God to come and, like, see what happens. And I remember, you know, a couple weeks in, I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is boring. <laughs> how long would you sit there every time? i probably like sit five there 10. 30 minutes to an hour. Wow. I started sitting there for longer periods of time because I was like, I just needed, I was so, like I said, I was so lonely that I was like, I just need you, like, I need you to come. And I had faith because, like, I had seen, my brother had done, like, a YWAM trip and had some pretty profound experiences with God that I was, like, I was always skeptical of, like, I was always afraid of emotionalism, and then I was always skeptical. The charismatic stuff just really kind of freaked me out, like, even to hold my hands like this in worship, like, I would never do that. Like, I would never open my body up to, like, express anything to the Lord and so there was just so much skepticism in me and then when I heard my brother share a few testimonies I was like okay like yeah. I could say all these people on YouTube are liars but like I know you're not a liar you're my <laughs> you brother yeah. I trust you. that's so, so part good. of the beautiful <laughs> wow. thing about community mm-hmm. is you get trusting relationships and then all of a sudden you're like oh like I can't deny that like you know my brother's telling me about a healing miracle he saw and it was the first time where I was cut to the core because I was like I can't just disregard this yeah.
1: you know. So. Wow. Other shameless plugs for community. Mm-hmm. I uh, also just feel like your testimony right there is screaming the beatitudes. Like, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Mm-hmm. They'll be satisfied. Blessed are those mm-hmm. who, you know, I'm just thinking of you sitting there being poor in spirit, waiting, lonely. And God says, blessed are you, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. And it's like in that space that you're... At least that's how I'm interpreting the scripture, as it applies to your testimony. And it's also reminding me of Jeremiah 29, um, verse 13. It's written, you will seek me, that me being God right there, Mm -hmm. you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Um, I love your hunger there. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know of a story, I don't think, I've got to search my brain before I say a comment like that, but I'm pretty sure I don't know a story of someone who sought the Lord with hunger and didn't find Him at some mm-hmm. point. And some of those stories are longer than others. Yeah, Some far more discouraging and frustrating. But I mean, to, to sit on the floor for an hour some days and not feel God's presence and thinking you're just wasting your time... That's something that a lot of people I don't think would have the perseverance to do. Like, you were really desiring God,
0: weren't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I was in a like a desperate, desperation helps, yeah. you know. I got myself to a really, really desperate spot. And I think my thing has always been like, if all this stuff is actually true, mm-hmm. or like, right, if half of this stuff is actually ch- true, then we should all sell everything we have and <laughs> give it all, right? We should buy the treasure in the field. We should yeah. buy the pearl of great price. And I think I knew, mm-hmm. like, okay, if this is actually true, then my life is getting, like, change. It's gonna look a lot different. If you Come really on. do heal people still, I, I, I was 21 years old, had been a Christian my whole life, and never, never opened myself up to that possibility. And so then I think when I start to realize, like, wait, I've said I'm a Christian, Right, and I, I was, I do believe I was saved, but it's like, I've never, I don't have kingdom theology. I don't have any theology that says that God would actually really actively intervene. And then I think when I Whoa. recognized that, it was like, okay, this is worth giving a little bit of time, like a little bit more time too.
2: <laughs> so good. I, I, I'm just having this thought roll in my head, mostly because it was kind of said earlier today by someone about how like we were, made, like man Adam was created and then like God says like we're not it's not good that you're alone, mm-hmm. you know? And like how like the image of God is more than just like us, but it is like us as a collective. Mm-hmm. And I just like even yeah. just like the fact that like I feel like every every human's heart cry is like like am I alone? <laughs> you know, like what you know like that's so um I don't know if carnal is the right word, but deep and like just so such a natural cry for every human Ah. um and so i think like it just really hit me when you're talking about how like you just waited on the lord and then he like showed up not in a cloud or whatever but like a feeling of like nearness Mm -hmm. and moving from the god of a distant god of an old bible of all this stuff to like not with you Mm -hmm. and i don't know i i don't even that's not even a question it's just like something that's been mulling around in my mind right now so i thought i'd put it out um if you guys wanted to talk into that at all like how fundamental
1: community and relationship is to the life of the believer. I think uh, theologically, something that we've done a horrible job of is talking about the Trinity. Mm -hmm. I think if we couch our entire faith in an understanding of God himself being an eternal community of love that is so interwoven as three and one at the same time, um, If that God created, then relationship is fundamentally necessary for our human flourishing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying there? And I think think the Trinity is something theologically that we don't discuss all that often because we can't rationalize it. It makes absolutely no sense to say that God is one God and three distinct persons, Mm -hmm. as Athanasius would say in the creed. Um, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, how can those things be at the same time? And yet, the Christian church has affirmed that through history. Yeah. And so I just want to like put that theology there and say, this is God. And if what A.W. Tozer said, again, a quote that I bring up all the time, what comes to our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us, mm-hmm. then God being a fundamentally relational being should speak volumes to how I am to live as a being in the created realm, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, relationship is what I've been made for with him and the other image bearers. Like you say, Adam was still in the Garden of Eden when God said that it was not good for him to be alone. Yeah, Jordan Werner pointed that out this morning. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was—he hadn't fallen. There was no East of Eden in his experience yet. Um, but the image of God wasn't expressed in humanity until Eve came into this game. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and yeah, I and love uh, Megan sense. Bailey, she shared, she's the last, or maybe not the last two times she preached, but maybe a couple months ago she shared about like the holy huddle with, she calls it the holy huddle, where it's yeah. like Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father, like kind of scheming about like, what are we going to do? Like we have to share this love and uh, she preached last week and she, she talked about that again. And that has, that language and the joy she talks about it with has actually opened my eyes, even yeah. in my own personal prayer life, to like, I wake up in the morning and the Holy Spirit's like, I wanna like show you Jesus. Like, <laughs> I wanna show you Jesus. And then Jesus, wow. you know, you get aware of Jesus And he shows you his scars and he's like i'm the door like now come to the father and it's it's so interesting because i made the comment i'm like i've been so accustomed like my prayers are to jesus and Mm -hmm. i think it's because i can i can rationalize jesus as a friend and a brother because i can watch the chosen and he looks he became a human like he's the one that i can most make sense of like to put a face on god is hard for me and the holy spirit I had so much spiritual formation that didn't really involve much of the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit so I can still get uncomfortable there but it's it's unique to start to see the relationship and then you almost feel like you're under the best spiritual attack ever because there's three of them (laughs) that are like all they're trying to do is like help you to see and help you to see rightly Uh and so I've had it's actually happened this week where I woke up and I was just like this is the best scheme ever like I can't Like, if I partner with all three of you, and yeah, you're one, but you're also three, it's like, it's the best, it's like a dance, you know? It's like, they're all waiting to like, you know, come to me and like, we'll show you ourself. So. Whoa. That's so beautiful and mystical. I love that. Yeah, it's very, very mystical and very real. I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the interesting things about all of this is, I, it's the kingdom and it's earth and somewhere there's a middle ground and it's really blurry and wow. hopefully we can live in, hopefully we can live in the blur. Oh,
1: this is so wonderful. It's reminding me of a theology professor that I had at Whitworth University, in undergrad. Um, he was my history of Christianity professor, describing a theology called theosis, which I don't want to get into right now. But essentially, the idea is that in eternity, we are caught up in God, um, in love. And the way that he was trying to describe it, and I found it really helpful, was when he and his wife had their first kid, he deeply loved his wife, Jerry is the man's name, we love Jerry, Um, and he was holding his wife and they were holding their newborn baby. Oh, yeah. And in between the love that they had in a spousal relationship, as husband and wife, this baby was caught up into that love. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like an overwhelming sort of love was coming from each of them toward the baby, but also towards each other, and the baby's in the middle of it all. Mm -hmm. Just like basking in love from all directions. Yeah. And if that is true in that like very you know temporal picture, how much more infinitely and transcendently true is that when we're caught up in love with God? And like if that if that is a reality that is accessible to us in any way, it will absolutely transform all of our lives. Like you're saying, like the Bible. Could be the most boring text in the whole wide world, and it is for most people, I think, who read it. Mm -hmm. But if you're in love, like, in God somehow, like, caught up in his presence, and he makes these words come to life for you,
0: everything changes, I guess. You're in the story. Like, it's a book that you're involved in. Mm -hmm. Like... It's wild.
1: It's like we're in heaven right now. Like, I, I, I feel it right now because God
0: is present with us in the room, you know, like portals everywhere. Etern- he says, eternity is that you know me. So it's like that's inspiring to know God because I go, oh, then eternity's not later. It's not just some existence on streets of gold. It's that we know him and we can do that today. Wow. We can do that now.
1: And when Jesus, on the flip side of that, tells those people to depart from him, he says, because I never knew you. Mm -hmm. Again, the bottom line wasn't what they did. It wasn't saying the right word when they came up to the pearly gates or whatever. Yeah.
0: It was all about knowing. Or praying the right prayer or being as powerful in prayer as the leader you aspire to be which that illusion will never go away. I think it's always, we always like, oh, if I grow spiritually to be like this person, then I would be at the top of the mountain. When it's like, no, no, you always get to the top of the mountain and look and go, oh my gosh, there's someone way ahead of me. There's someone that's ran way more miles, you know? So I think it's, my spiritual formation, there's such a ladder that I'm still deconstructing in my own heart because it was, I saw so much of, have to do all the things, and you have to climb
2: the ladder, and the cross doesn't have a ladder. It doesn't have a ladder. <laughs> I like that. Whoa! That's so good. Yeah, and Whoa. that comes back to the A.W. Tozer quote, like, what do you believe about God? Like, if you believe that he is just some gray-haired judge in the clouds, like, you're gonna feel like there's all these mm-hmm. metrics that you have to meet. Mm-hmm. But if you believe God to be this, you know, mystical trinity of Love, <laughs> like that's like, it's just so different, you wow. know. Like, how is that? How is that gonna change my life? And I don't know. I just this just feels like such a healthy, mm. like, solve to my heart right
1: now. <laughs> I'm like, it's so beautiful. It's a balm. Yeah. I just read Colossians, and Colossians one is one of my favorite passages in all of scripture. Starting in verse fifteen, it talks about Jesus being the image of the invisible mm-hmm. God and all of the fullness of God being pleased to dwell in him. Um, Did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. That's Philippians 2 now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm just thinking about what, what I think about God is everything about who I am. Not only is God this sovereign and transcendent Lord, he also like emptied himself. Being full, of God himself, because he is God, did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, emptied himself, took up the form of a servant, washed the feet of his own creatures. It was born in a feeding trough to one of his own creatures as God, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, the... I don't know. The more I think about Jesus, the more my mind is blown. I just can't almost handle it. The, you know, the humility. Mm-hmm. Offensive humility. <sighs> okay. Sorry, I just got excited about Jesus. So, good. so I, good. What I want you to talk about, John, for a minute, if you will, because I think it relates. This is a really beautiful bridge. Um, it's this downward mobility, sort of, of what it means to be a Christian. I want you to flush out what that means for you as a... An authority figure in this house, as an elder, because um, I think Jace said it earlier. as As far as like decision makers go, you don't get higher as a human in our church than the board of elders. Would you say that's true? Maybe like yeah, the chair of the board, right?
0: but you don't get lower. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> want you to yeah, do. no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, t- it's, t- t- it's, t- unique, it's unique. It's unique because even when at the start, I we all struggle with those words of like highest. Oh yeah. Because it's we've we've all learned that like the pyramid structure, that's not the kingdom, right? Or there's not, there is levels of authority and our authority can grow and we can increase in authority, but it's almost like our language, especially in the West has been so fractured that it's like, how do you actually articulate what it means to lead? Um, The board has been the most unique and interesting space that I've led in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in one sense, as flawed as the language might be, but it's, you know, the highest level that I've led in. Um, and so it's been really unique for me. One, um, your question was about downward mobility, what it means to be a Christian. It's all linked this all together about how, you got how that's looked at the board level, but uh, Henry Nouwen wrote a book called In the Name of Jesus, okay. and he talks about the modern day leader, and uh, he basically, he says a lot of things in the book but basically like to be to lead like the best leaders are the ones who are actually led and i think what i've recognized especially at the board level is i'm surrounded by people that i would say are bigger than me like i look at someone like megan bailey and i'm like man you like your knowledge and your prophetic gifting is so like so inspiring and then jordan carries so much wisdom and then what Johnny does with the staff and the way that he sees, you know, the organization is just phenomenal. And Justin's like the pastor of all pastors, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I've really at that level had to press into like, what do I have to offer? Cause like, it's challenged me a lot to mm-hmm. sit in that room and be like, what do I have to give? But I think as much as it's a position of leadership, I feel like I've tried to let it be a space that actually just leads me. And during those conversations, continually just be led. I think, and I think looking for opportunities to be led and looking for opportunities to interject. And Justin has, uh, he's challenged me and he's been like, you know, you have something to offer and like what? I can often, I'm like, I'm in business so I can think about finances and business all day. So sometimes that's where I'll speak up the most, but Justin has challenged me and he's like, you have something like you hear the Lord and you need to, you have something to offer. but i don't know if that answered your question that was kind of boring kind of the other um kind of the other question you asked my question wasn't very succinct so thank you for all i was trying kind of trying to answer two questions i don't
1: know if i answered either um yeah and i guess what i love out of what you just said is it's really clear that serving on the board isn't some kind of exalted status for you like you've arrived in some kind of christian i don't know cool club where you've like Mm -hmm. uh you've climbed some mountain of holiness that others of us are trying to ascend Mm-hmm. Um, in that th- that has like exalted you to the status of you know like all of those words, all that language that's so worldly in nature is just flipped upside down in the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. and I think that's coming across really clearly in your, in your language, recognizing yeah. that you're surrounded by people that are deeply
0: anointed and also so laid low. Mm-hmm. One thing that uh, Pastor Paul, as I think he's referred to from. <laughs> Southeast Asia. That's right. Uh, he said he came in, uh, he ministered a couple years ago to a group of, I think the house church leaders, and he gave like the most simple message and it has inspired me and led me into what leadership looks like. Like it was such a simple message, but it hit so deep to me. He basically, all he articulated was the only reason we're ever given gifting to lead is because God sees a bunch of people that need lead. And so I think even from like, with increased levels of leadership, there's all, there should always be an increased burden because it's like the leadership, like I didn't become a leader because God cared to like exalt me as a leader. He cares to exalt people as leaders because he's trying to flip the world upside down. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, I'm gonna increase authority here, but it's like, I don't think God God wants people to know Him and be close to Him, but I think the uh, the like the thought or the idea of like spiritual super giants. Mm-hmm. I actually think God wants a bunch of disciples behind people. He's not like looking to make like the ultimate spirit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I think sometimes we've. Wow. And I think in the third world countries, you see. I've been really discipled over there, where you see these leaders that they have, they don't gain anything. There's not a celebrity status. There's not, it doesn't so much exist, but it's really just laid down. And I think, yeah, I think we've had to work so hard. I've had to work so hard internally to like continually remind myself, it's not about me. It's not about me, which frankly is like, you guys have done such a beautiful job honoring me, but it's a continual. Like I mm-hmm. so often am like, oh, it's not about me. Like. This, uh, today, like, I so made it about me. Like, I showed up a prayer set, and I was more concerned how I led the prayer set than that God just showed up in the room. Like, I find myself wow. there still more often than I'd like to, and it's like, oh, my mindset all day was about how well I was going to lead that. Wow, you know? yeah. When it's like, it's good. It's good to want to lead well, but I think sometimes there can be a little bit of self that slips in and goes like, I hope I did good because you know, I because of all the things that come with leading well, because things do come with leading well, but I think it's like a really, it's a really fine line. Yeah. Especially in the West. I think it's, I think it is so difficult in the West to really get a good grasp of what leadership looks like because a little bit of purity, it's like the whole thing, like if you have a drop of urine and a cup of water, like that's a disgusting cup of water. That's right. You're not going to drink that water. I think it's the same with leadership. It's like a little bit of... And God's gracious, right? So it's like, I think he calls people to lead. He called me to lead way before I was ever, <laughs> and still, yeah. before I was ever qualified. But it's definitely a continual journey in selflessness that I don't, you guys honor me well, but I'm like, oh, there's mm-hmm. so much, there's so much more self to get rid of. There's so much more. It's such a humble place to be,
2: though, and just to be able to hold that, even to, to, to know that like the Lord values you um, and like seeks to have a relationship with you, like even while you're imperfect and not like let that, you know, spout you into working harder or striving or like boasting, you know, it's like, I think it's so good. Like that's, I am mean, I'm just honoring you again, honestly. But yeah. um, just I think
1: the, the humility there is really beautiful. And that's all I have to say. I'm thinking about Paul a lot lately because <laughs> I've been reading through his letters. Yeah. And I'm forgetting if it's in 2 Corinthians or maybe Galatians, if one of you can help me, um, where Paul is like the people of that city are being taught by these other people that look better and sound better than he does. And so they're starting to criticize Paul and say, well, Paul's speech isn't as eloquent and Paul doesn't address as It's in 1
0: well. right, Corinthians. Is it 1 Corinthians? Yeah.
1: And he calls them super apostles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, see, that's fun. Because it, to me, it's like, oh wow, some of those problems even existed in the early church, and they were trying to flush it out. And I think Paul's response is so consistently beautiful that he's like, you know what? Honestly, check me out. I have a lot to boast about. Like he says this in Second Corinthians later on. Mm-hmm. I could boast all day long about all of these things that matter in the world, but like I count it all as loss. That's somewhere else mm-hmm. even. It's like I'm pointing at my weakness because it's in my weakness that God's strength shines through the brightest. Um, And like he's truly glorified. So I'm I'm grateful because your heart, I'm seeing Paul's heart that we find in the New Testament in your heart right now. And that makes me trust in your leadership. Also, it's like, well, the question that I have I want to learn from you is are there things that you have to do in in your own prayer life, maybe in a spiritual discipline sense or accountability that holds you to that place of um, downward mobility and not like allowing our Western cultural narrative to flip the script and make you feel really self-important? Do you have to do anything to keep yourself in that
0: state? Yeah, I mean, super transparently at the board level, like I still I still have to not go in with, I need to have something to give. Like I, because the temptation would be, the temptation, the natural temptation would be like, I'm the youngest in the room. These people have been in church leadership way longer than me. You know, some of these people are, are pastors. Um, they have way more training than me. And then it'll the, the temptation that I always get tempted with, and I can recognize it pretty easily because it's when I'm like, I need to have something to give, or I need something to lean on. When it's like I've had to press into like, I don't need to find something to lean on. Like, whatever I have to lean on, you've given me, and clearly you've placed me here. But the, the beautiful thing about God is He places people in positions before they think they're will. He doesn't say like, I would tell you maybe in 10 years I'd be comfortable at the board level. Like, right now, I'm a little bit like, wow, Lord, like, surprised you placed me here. Wow. Like, I don't, even from a theology standpoint, I've never taken Bible classes. I've never, uh, I get tempted there a lot. I feel like that's where Satan attacks me too. Is like, you don't understand theology enough. Like, if people start talking about, like, theology, like, and that's actually somewhere I felt the Lord encouraged me to grow. I've texted you about different Bible just reading mm-hmm. plans and stuff like yeah. that because that has been my desire is like, oh, there is, I think there's a level of like understanding and understanding theology that's, that's, that this has demanded. Um, but, yeah, I think, mm. I think just being, yeah, aware of wanting leadership always, t- I think, tempts us to want to have something outside of what God's given us to give. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know? Whoa, and that's where I've been challenged on the board is I could tell you all of their super unique giftings I still have sometimes like what do I have to give that's unique to me? Like I don't need to try to like one-up anyone in the room or be the strongest or the smartest or the wisest or the most prophetic in the room But like what do You know, what do I have to give that you've given me? So that's that's a unique space. It's it's interesting talking about that space. Um, yeah just because it has revealed so much in me that i'm like in Mm self-discovery like you know lord what did you see in me why did you you know why did you ordain this so that's so
1: beautiful thanks for being so open-handed about your process Mm -hmm. it's clear too that you're really self-aware and i think if i'm reading between the lines correctly you're self-aware mostly because you're so prayerful about your like where you're at in any given moment and the Lord can reveal to you in a given time, like, hey John, you're letting a little bit of yourself slip in there. My guess is that you wouldn't be aware of those kinds of things if you weren't trying to practice the presence of God.
0: Would you say that's true? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, I think, uh, I, I heard this recently and I forget, I think it was maybe Martin Luther that Luther that said this, but it was like, if I have a lot of decisions to make, and he's like, I usually pray one hour in the morning, but he's like, if I have a lot of decisions and if I have a really busy day, he's like, I pray too, which is completely countercultural. It should be if you've got a lot of decisions to make, like get to work early and make the decisions. I I Mm. have also sometimes felt that where it's like, oh, if there's, if there's a big weekend at church where there's a guest speaker, it's like I should be way more prayerful that like God, you're here to deposit something this week, and be way more prayerful in intercession. And then I think the same at the board level, it's like I always I do try to be, even from a time perspective, like I need to set aside more time because the last thing you want to do is when the decisions get bigger in your life that you're making, they're more, they're more important in some ways, you know. So I think it's like the more big decisions you make, the more you're like gosh, like, Lord, I, we want to make the right ones, and we want to, mm-hmm. and um, you had asked something before we started, like, about what we, what decisions we make or what do we do as a board. Yeah. A lot of it's been discerned, like, I think I thought it would be way more, like, way more practical. There's just a lot of spiritual discernment things, so it really is unique where it has huh. put demand, and, like, it's put, demand is probably a strong word, but it's put, like, it's way less, like, here's two decisions, which do we make? And it's a lot more of, you guys are on staff, you know, kind of how it goes yeah. around here, but it's, we we want God in everything. So it's like, rather than just making clear cut decisions, it's like, where's the spirit yeah. going on? And so, um, so, yeah, it's just, it's been cool that way. I love that. So
1: uh, I'm, I'm reminded of, I'll try and keep names and everything out of this, but somebody that I knew that was at a board at a different church was asking if they could please start their board meetings with prayer, and the chair of that board said, no, we don't have time to pray at the beginning of, because we just have a lot of stuff to get to. My guess is, our board of elders operates in the opposite. Like, if anything, sometimes I've been in Riverhouse meetings where we don't get to anything on the agenda because we prayed the entire time. I've, I've been in elder meetings. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> and,
0: Which people have asked me, what's the most, uh, what's the coolest thing that you've kind of seen as an elder? And I would say, and this isn't a plug for the church, I'm even like conscious as I'm saying this, like, in no way is it a plug for Riverhouse, but I was my heart even came more at ease with where God's taking us because I was like, My goodness, we waste a lot of time in prayer. And like wow. the way that the way that Riverhouse is yeah. the way that Riverhouse is <laughs> led from the stage or from uh, staff meetings or anywhere else, it's like you get, you know, you show up at an elder meeting and it's like, Lord, like we don't want to you know, it's like Moses, if you're not with us, we don't want to go. And it's yeah. like, Lord, if you're not with us, then what are we doing making these five what's this agenda if you're not with us? Like we could do our absolute best and it would be a train wreck. Like we could do wow. everything we can do, but if you know, if you're not wisdom, it's not for us, then Amen. like what we're here doing. So it's been it's been cool that way where I'm like, oh it's like prayer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: changes the world. <laughs> Come on.
2: I agree. I remember feeling that way when I came on staff here too. I was like, Oh, no, these people actually do pray a lot. Like,
0: I'm getting paid. I'm getting paid and we spent a lot of time praying. I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some staff meetings I'll joke about that are just like so glorious and beautiful. I'm like, I got paid for that. That was kind of odd. But like, that's yeah. like the value that oh. we put on it is like even within the work week or the work day or when I sit down to set up my agenda for the day, it's like, you know, I'm very much encouraged to, Pray about it first and spend some time before I ever pick up a pen or start typing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, that That honestly could be a rhythm for any believer in any job, in any school, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. just presenting our our first fruits to the Lord um, that he might bless the rest of what we're doing and, and also align our vision to his vision.
1: Mm-hmm. That's excellent. I've actually not done that nearly as much as I'd like to I'm always challenged more to do that in both my ministry work and in my business work but I would say like in the marketplace when I need to make an important decision prayer unlocks something that nothing else does
0: do you experience that yeah and I, I don't yeah I do I don't think I always feel like I spend time in prayer and then like throughout the day I have so much wisdom that like the decisions I make, I'm super necessarily like, this is the perfect decision. What prayer does though, give me confidence that like, like God, like you know where my heart is. And I think that's, it doesn't, yeah, it's weird. Cause I think I, especially in like the business work world, I think I would have thought that the link between prayer and my business, and I hope it is someday, but right now it's not always like, the Lord speaks perfectly about every decision I should make, Yeah, I hope. I've actually been asking, He, like Holy Spirit, like I wanna hear you on specific things, but what it's, I already said this, I'll say it again though, but what it's done is given me an underlying confidence that like, it's like the tithe, like you give a tithe and the whole lump is holy. Mm-hmm. It's like you give a tithe of your time in prayer and Not that you can do no wrong, right? But I think it does give me just the inner peace of like, Lord, like you're first, like you're first. like, you're always first. So it's not perfect though, obviously. Obviously, we're all works in progress. And I think personality plays into it too, that I'm more introverted, so to me it's like, I love beating a secret place prayer drum when it's like I have friends that are extroverted that it'll it'll look different for, right? And that's where I think prayer is beautiful, is like it is. Richard Gordon actually said this to me, which even opened my eyes more. He was like, we we always try to weave our, basically, he didn't say this word forward, but basically was saying how we try to weave our personalities out of our spirituality. Mm. When he was like, there's certain ministers that are introverted. He's like, what Jordan does, he's like, I could never do. He's like, I'm so extroverted. Mm. And it actually like gave me a breath of fresh air because yeah. I think sometimes mm. we, hear, we hear different people. We hear AJ preach and then we hear Jordan preach and sometimes it can be like, the personalities are so different. And even the way that, they operate so different when it's like, these are all windows to Jesus. Like, yes, Jesus Christ yeah. himself is not standing on our stage, but these are pictures, these are images, and all together, it's community, it wants back yeah. to community. It's like, humankind is the image of God, and individually, we're all little pieces of that. Ooh. I stole that from AJ. I love like yeah, yeah. thank you, so, AJ. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's been fascinating, right back to the community thing, that's what is neat to me. So good, yeah. We're not meant to be little versions of Jordan or little versions of AJ or little mm-hmm. versions of John or whatever. It's yeah. like, yeah. Little yeah. Christs. Little so, think Christ. so So individual about each of us that God loves. Mm.
2: And is like, he uses as like different strengths. You know, mm-hmm. if we all were just the same person, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel like as beautiful of like a tapestry of who he is. Mm-hmm. Like if you try to sew a tapestry of one color, yeah. it would all look the same color obviously you know but if you had like a billion eight billion different colors like look at the op, like wow. all that you could do with mm-hmm.
1: that yeah wow this is fun i'm thinking the lord feels like he's beating pretty consistently the same drums in this conversation of like it's about knowing god yes relationship yeah. and it's about knowing one another and being known by one another I was thinking the knowing God thing, even just
2: about you praying about your day or whatever. It's like, it's not that you're just getting just direct um, little messages about each decision you're making, but like, well, it comes from like, you're becoming more like God because you're spending time with God mm-hmm. and knowing God and he's knowing you. And so there's, there's that connection and the relationship again. And so, yeah, it comes from like, yeah, I don't know if I have this uh, decision completely, Right or whatever, but it's like, well, but like God knows
0: me and I know him Mm -hmm. and that's And that's what it's about. There's an assurance in that. Yes, and then the temptation can be to get so like I so wanna just hear your voice that then but then it's like I just want you to tell me everything to do and then you're back to a transactional relationship when it's like Wow. Right. I think sometimes I've asked the Lord for things, but then I'm like, if you actually did that, like I'd have no choice. Like I'd have no where it's like God, I don't know, He loves the relationship. Mm-hmm. Sometimes relationship yeah. feels awkward, but it's like, you know what I mean? So, And then, yeah, I'm learning a lot these days, so I feel like I'm rambling, but I'm like, God continually reveals Himself. and Praise God. I and mean, The more you know, it feels like sometimes the less you know. I think the whole downward mobility thing that I'm realizing is like, you know, sometimes I read the Gospels. I've read them so many times, but I'll read the Gospels, and it'll be like... I've never seen that verse before. Wow! You know? yeah. And I think that's part of spirituality. That's downward mobility. Is like we so see in part, and as much as we want to know more, it's like goodness gracious, do we see in part? Wow! <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Yeah. We Read your Bible. That. That'll keep you in downward mobility. I would say that too. That <laughs> will humble you for sure.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my. Yeah, I've studied it a lot, I was having a conversation with a student in uh, Riverhouse School of Ministry yesterday and he was like, you just know so much about the Bible. How do you know so much about the Bible? And it's funny when he said that, I thought, oh, really? Like, I I feel like I'm barely scratching the surface right now, and the deeper into the surface I scratch, the more I realize that my scratch is even more shallow than I originally thought, you know? <laughs> yeah." Mm-hmm. I'm like so small in this effort, and the more of God is unsearchable and will be playing around in that ocean of glory for eternity. Yeah. Um, so why would his living word be any different? Yeah. Why would prayer be any different? It's like knowing God takes an
2: eternal life. Hmm. Like just to play with those words in that verse. That's fun. A little bit. I mean, I think we will.
0: Yeah, there's heaven a, will there's be a journey. journey. Yeah, Eternity will be in Well, I think it'll be. This is something I've been pondering lately, which I'd love to throw out, but I don't want to come on, hijack. Man. That heaven is relational. That will be in. I think it's a thought that I've just in the last probably two years started to just get so inspired by a bit that, like, I think heaven to me was always streets of gold and it was like just simply worship. When it's like heaven's going to be relational, like, there's going to be more of God to know. And it's going to be an eternity of still, like, st- we'll, I think we'll still hunger for, like, there'll still be this burning love. You know? It's like you yeah. don't ever come to know, like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I think it's where sometimes human friendships are flawed. We get bored with one another and we just stop trying to know each other. And it's like, we, it's the whole thing that you were saying about us feeling so individual, like, um, isolated and am I on my own is it's like I know that of everyone I know there's still so much more of me to know like because I know my thoughts I know my heart and I'm like like there is so much of me and it's like I'm always letting friends in and like ah, I want to be known more but it's like I still know that there's so much in me to know mm. and it's like I think you know it's the same way with God I think it will be for eternity where it's just like I don't know how I got there but I love it <laughs> it's a
1: great uh, it's a great thing to ponder just about, yeah, the already. relational
0: nature of all of this.
1: Yeah, like we don't, we don't ever learn everything about God, everything about even one another. I mean, do you experience this with Laura? Like, yeah, well, I've only been married
0: for four months. Hey, yeah, four months to the day, almost. Okay, four months into. And this. if you knew her fully, that would be a that would be a bummer. I
1: I, uh, there's an assumption that yes. And Um, yet somehow like my life of deep intimacy because we're married just reveals that like I feel like I don't know her as well as I assumed I did sometimes. And then I look at myself and I think maybe I don't know myself as well as I assumed I did. Like we're just complex. Mm -hmm. Which is it makes Mm -hmm. it dynamic.
0: It makes a relationship more fun. Not only complex, but like we are constantly changing. Oh, yeah. Like... We just had our fourth anniversary, and I'm, like, a different person from our first anniversary. Wow. Yeah. And so... Four
2: months, four years. Well done. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Man. Yeah, so it's, like, we... Like, humility is the answer to really all of this. Like, to (laughs) not being known, to submitting to others in community and just the solution that that community is. Mm. to like so much of the isolation and the individual individuality of our culture. Um, and that's of course the answer because that is who God is. Mm. So it's like all these things play into one another in like a really yes. cool way. I don't know it's like there's a lot in this podcast that it's just kind of fun to sit with. it just mm-hmm. I don't know I don't even know how to tie this up. We probably should
1: wrap it up soon, should we? Yeah okay well, maybe this is just opening another can of worms but i was curious hey. to hear about that sunday with richard gordon did you that have something sunday. else to say or are you okay sharing that encounter yeah at that least in
2: no brief. yeah i think that's it cuz it's also been a bit of a theme on the podcast too of mm-hmm. we've had both lauren edwards and jackie burner on here to talk about what happened that weekend mm-hmm. so yeah if you could touch on that
0: if you, you got, got time yeah sure um yeah the sunday for those of you who don't know um the sunday that richard gordon was here that evening i got radically touched by god um i probably got touched once in a somewhat similar way um probably two years ago but it was still kind of like yeah it was a profound experience to me not something that happens every month or every year so um i um I'm trying to figure out where to start. It was so Sunday night. I actually went up on stage to go pray, to go pray for someone, and I started praying for them. And then they started praying for me. And then as I as they were praying for me, I started to feel just kind of like the presence of I don't this this is my best explanation, right? So just bear oh, with me as fine. I'll just let yeah. you into like what I was feeling and thinking and it'll be be my best effort. But um That's perfect. I started feeling the presence of God or like almost a contracting in my stomach where it was like not quite painful, but it was just like, oh like there's something there's something taking place in my body. And I kind of just like rather than writing it off in my head was just like I'm just gonna press in here and like Lord, like I I want you. Like I've yeah. I watch people get touched. I don't always I'm not the one that typically is like gets touched super crazy and is like flamboyant or anything like that. But I totally love it and value it and and want more of God. So um, I kind of just yielded to it and I started to like, it got really, really intense in my stomach to the point where I was like bent over, kind of like standing up still, but like my head's like between my knees. So then I was like, okay, I'm just gonna like go on the ground because this is somewhat uncomfortable. So I fall on the ground and my body, probably for 20 minutes, is going in and out of, like, these, uh like, contractions, basically, like, I think people call it, like, travailing, and where it's, like, it felt like the Lord was, like, giving birth to something, and it was, like, my body would tense up, it was, like, every muscle in my body would tense up, and then it would kind of release, and then I would sit there, and I would feel it come again, and, um, and I felt the Lord, I've, been struggling with more. I've never been an anxious person or really struggled with anxiety, but the last two years have been interesting because I have started, there's been a lot of change, tons of change in my life. And I think some of trying to process the change and not being fully at peace with all the change has somewhat caused some of this. So I've been struggling with anxiety and I've been praying forever, like, Lord, I just want this to lift. And um, I felt the Lord say, like, I'm touching your body right now. Like, I'm touching your body. And so I was like, you know, my mind went to like, I sure hope I don't get up and, you know, struggle feeling anxious tomorrow. So, you know, I have doubts as I'm experiencing this, but I'm like, Lord, I know you're touching me. And then I, that kind of ended. And then I just like rolled over on my back because I'd just been laying on my face and whatever my back was probably more comfortable at that point. So I roll over onto my back and this was probably the most significant part of the encounter to me. I saw, and when I say I saw, like it, I didn't see like a vision or like actually see, but I often will picture things like in my own imagination. And, and I think the Lord placed it there. It wasn't like I was thinking about this, but I just saw like, it was basically like I was in the sky or maybe like in the clouds, or I was just somewhere like to an elevated position. And I felt the Lord say like, he said, come up where I am. And then I saw this picture and it was a like a sheet and it was just it was like a linen sheet and it was just torn and it was like kind of just blowing in the wind and I knew I like looked at it and I knew it was like torn veil and I felt him say like come through to me like come through to me and I'd been praying for about a year for like a bridal encounter I don't know that I ever like that's where it's like my I would have never known what that means that's weird language to a lot of people but the end of this whole journey is a marriage with the lamb like the bride and the lamb it's a marriage feast and so I've been encouraged even part of the community too um Scott Bailey's always talking about the bridal relationship and stuff like that so I've always I've been inspired by that and I'm like I don't understand all this but like I want to dig more into it and so I've been praying for an encounter like that and he uh, he said come through to me and I in this picture I was seeing, I, like, walked through the veil, and then the image ended, and I knew it was like. And then I just laid there, and it was like, I just had an awareness. It was nothing crazy that was, like, happening to my body, but I just had this awareness that it was like, this is the closest, like, I've been. And I don't know what's happening. I don't understand it, but it was like, this is, like, love. Like, I'm, like, I'm with you. And it was just, like, this simple awareness, like, nothing... Nothing necessarily crazy, Um, but I just knew, I had this knowing that like you're touching me and it's like, I'm one, like this is union with you. And then, so it was like, he touched my body, then he touched my heart. And then I felt him say, now I want to touch your mind. And then he started showing me practical things. We've had a lot of change in the business that I work Mm -hmm. at and for. And um, I've made a lot of decisions kind of through the last two years where I've been anxious and I've just been like, ah, was that the right decision? And he started started showing me all the decisions I'd made and like where he was in them. And so it was wow. like this really practical part of this encounter where he was like, see that decision? He's like, this is why I orchestrated that. And he's like, and then he's showing me other decisions and he's like, he showed me, I felt like he let me in the back end of like, this is why all this stuff is taking place. And so it was just really confirming to me. Uh, I had someone come up, and I was so blessed when they asked me this, But because this is what I used to wonder, and I was afraid to ask, which you said at the start of the podcast, and I wanted to go here, but mm-hmm. I said, like, I yeah. think we'll get here. You said if people would ask, like lots of times people just wonder, but they never ask questions. Yeah. I get off the stage. I'm a snotty mess, and a guy who's probably 22, 23 years old, um, who's who doesn't go to our church, like isn't a member at our church, but he's been trying it out. He like walks up to me. And I knew it took courage because I'm like a mess. I just had a radical encounter with the Lord. And he just looks at me and he goes, Can I just like ask you a simple question? And I was like, Yeah, sure. And I was like, You know, del- felt like I was delusional from this encounter. And he just goes, What were you thinking that whole time? And <laughs> then like, I was, like, wow. so inspired that he asked me that because I'm, like, that's exactly what I've wondered every time I ever seen somebody fall on the ground. Yeah, like, totally. did God just take over your body? Did you have any control? Were you... And it was... It was it it blessed me that he asked that. And I was, like, dude, I was super coherent the whole time I was encountering the Lord. Like, and this is... People have different experiences, but mine was, like, I knew there were people around me. I knew that I was in the puddle of snot. I knew that... I knew that this was really supernatural, but I was also really aware that I was on the stage at Riverhouse and that, like, it was like the middle, right? It's like, <laughs> I think sometimes these experiences feel so supernatural when it's like, actually, God's like a. It's like Western thought is like there's natural and then there's supernatural, you know, supernatural when it's like there's a middle. Like, it's so much more holistic. And I think that encounter for me, it was like, I could have probably chosen to just get up and be like, this is weird, and walk away. Like, it's not like God took over my body. Sure, you could have pulled yourself out. Mm -hmm. And I've had one other experience that was more like manifest like this, where I was shaking, I was actually leading a prayer set, and I started like shaking, shaking, and I had my hands up, and I was like convulsing, shaking, and I knew, like, I could shut this down. It was really strong, though, but I did have the awareness that it was like, you're not, God's not a God, who just comes maybe this is i don't know if this is i don't know theologically where this is coming from but i don't know that god's a god that just comes in and like overrides our bodies and we're not puppets yeah like i think god loves he's so relational i think he huh. loves the like co-laboring come on i think there's a co-laboring in encounter i guess that's what all i Whoa. think that's maybe a provoking yes. thought As i think i think encounter there's more co-laboring than we think i think so many times myself included, wait for God to so powerfully touch me when it's like, I actually realized that just sitting close to the front at church is because I'm so much more engaged with what's taking place. And it's like, there's like little simple things I think that it's like, I wish God would just possess my body when it's like, God just wants us to yield and co-labor, I don't know. I'm rambling now. No, I'm um, super I, thankful. I'm, I I'm very intrigued that, honestly, by yeah. Encounter because it's been, it's still, I would say like, yeah, I'm not the one that's always shaking, right? Like just, I mean, I probably would outwardly more care more conservative in what it looks like, but I've been really intrigued about like, and as I I used to write people off that were, it seems like, gosh, it seems like you just manifest all the time. As I've started to ask them questions, I've realized like, oh, whoa, like, you're, there's a lot of people that are really like yielding and really co-laboring and really it's not just like they're weird, it's not that they're freaks, it's that like, they're yielding to God and God's doing wonderful things. And it,
1: I'm imagining if you haven't ever had an encounter like that before, and I maybe consider myself a little bit in the gray area where I'm like, I think I know what you're talking about experientially because I've been, in something that felt enough like an encounter that I realized I could just pull myself away and I was very coherent. But it's sort of hard to know like how to get there because I'm not gonna just create an encounter by my own might. So what I hear you saying is it's not a passive thing. At yeah. least m- much of the time, most of the time, maybe all of the time, I'm sure that's disputed. Mm-hmm. Um, So maybe don't just passively sit there waiting for God to consume your body, like some kind of holy possession. Yeah. But also maybe don't be so active that it's all you and it's not co-laboring, you're just creating or fabricating something. (laughs) And trying to figure out like, wow, well, if I'm hungry for an encounter... How do I walk that line? I think that's a very real struggle. Mm-hmm. And you even processing
0: this out is gonna be really helpful mm-hmm. to people who are listening. That's helpful to me. And I do think there's, and right, God is a gracious God. Like there's people that would sit in the back of church and not even want to an encounter and They would have any, like God will show up in his mm-hmm. sovereign love and encounter them with love. So I think mm-hmm. it's so, so great, but I think so many of us ask the same questions. I think so many people wonder like I've heard a lot of people be like the people that are shaking are always shaking and the people that don't shake never shake and it seems like we want to create this especially as things at Riverhouse have become more manifest and we've had like the glory of God in more manifest ways showing up among us I think there's been a temptation I've heard it in my own language and other people's language to be like they're the people that always manifest and they're the people that never do when it's like I don't like Let's not get caught in camps, mm-hmm. or because try to I define it exactly, yeah. or try to overdefine it, which is what I'm. Let's ask questions. The kid that walked up to me said, "What were you thinking?" He said it so pure-hearted because I could tell he was genuinely like, "Like I want that, but I don't understand it," and I didn't have a great answer for him. Right? Like I don't, and I don't feel like I just gave a great answer because I don't know that. <laughs> don't know that there necessarily is one because there's a mystical aspect of it but Mm -hmm. I'm glad you say that because I've heard from a handful
1: of people who had some kind of encounter either that Richard Gordon weekend or just in general
0: and they don't know how to make sense of it so it's even vulnerable talking like when you're like can we talk about your encounter the temptation once again is like to offer an example that that sounds really good and concise and you can wrap your hands around it when it's like, our God is a consuming fire. (laughs) It's like, and sometimes he comes and he makes the, he makes the person in the back who doesn't even want any of God feel so full of love and he makes the biggest leader in the room tremble under the fear of the Lord, right? He, it's like, he just, (laughs) it's so...
2: Even with so, all of our technology, like we can't predict where the wind will blow. You know? Yeah. It's like, we can't even predict accurately two days in advance what the weather's gonna be. I feel like it's just like, and or like a fire. You can't, yeah. you can't, there's no model, AI model, that's gonna say which flame's gonna lick up this direction or whatever It's it's a, it's, it's a thing. We know that it's there, but we can't, pin it down at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that would be an encounter in the same way,
1: mm-hmm. in a lot of the same ways. I feel like a good encouragement from that is, well, one, don't feel like you have to have it all figured out. Do you think? Okay. Don't, don't overthink it. <laughs> yeah. Because most of us probably don't have all of our encounters figured out at all. I think another one maybe to take away from this is, if you feel like the Lord, wants to meet you or is beginning to encounter you in some way, there's choice there for you to yield, you kept using that word yield, mm-hmm. or for you to resist. And I think I've probably been in this position and I wish I had like the Lord's sovereign vision to see my own past, to know like where I've missed an encounter, but I, I wonder if the Lord has come to meet me in an encounter and I've actually stepped away from it with the desire for, God to meet me while I'm sitting in this more passive position. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you know what I'm saying? 100%. Because he does. And I think and that's where like, he does meet us. He met me in my passivity, right? He, I can look back on years and years where it's like, I don't know why you chose to come to me in that time. Right. Um, I used to have experiences in college when I was partying. And God would always meet me in my most broken moments of my partying days. Where wow. it was like for some reason when I was as far from God as I would say he ever is, he chose to step in. I have probably four or five stories I could tell you that you're like, like, God must be love because He chose to He chose to meet me in these really broken places. Mm-hmm. And then I have other times where I do feel the tug that like God's like, step a little further. Like Peter, like you don't understand how to walk on water, but like step out of the boat like and I think it's both and Mm -hmm. it's so hard to sit in the place of it's both because there's not a formula and if it was just one or just the other there'd be a formula and it's not That's so that's the key I think and I'm just learning like (laughs) my conservative Uh, like that's not even the right word like but my spiritual formation didn't necessarily allow room for that so I still feel like I still feel like I'm growing and learning when a Richard Gordon does come to be like I'm going to have a choice to yield cuz I still get uncomfortable mm-hmm. yeah like I do like that's the truth I still have moments where I'm just like oh like I love the fear of the lord and I love being on my knees when it's like the dancing and like all that stuff my personality that's just different and oh, it's yeah. been like amazing to have a friend like AJ or to have a worship leader like back up because I'm like there's a sign of God you guys tap into and see that I always camp somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But, like, let me come camp with you for a little bit. And then, like, uh, I don't know. Community. It's so beautiful. You're right. We're all so different. <laughs> <laughs> Damage of God.
1: Yeah. You know, I imagine it doesn't feel really wonderful to know that you're surrounded by a bunch of people and you're like wallowing in a puddle of snot. But you just pressed in. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Now if you're a man, that's the humility. And it's like, God. I mean, if that's what it's
0: gonna cost you for an encounter, there are much higher costs. And um, <laughs> I think the funny thing is that we always think, at least I do, it'll be like, I don't think this probably much anymore. But I remember used to, I used to think if I have my hands up in worship, like everyone's gonna be looking at me. When it's like, <laughs> someone will be shaking on the floor and it's kind of like, praise God, like they're having an encounter, like no one's staring at you. Right. Like <laughs> nobody, Oh <yeah>. like totally. <laughs> no. And if they are, like, <laughs> they're probably doing the wrong thing. You know yeah. <laughs> so it's always unique because I feel like it's easy to get tempted to be like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the only one or I'm gonna be, I don't know. Yeah. I think if anyone's
1: staring at you, it's probably the person that has no familiarity with the space. Maybe mm-hmm. they're new. I probably stared at a few people when I was new to Riverhouse, especially. Yeah. And to them, I'm thinking about Pentecost when Like, the onlookers are all pointing to the people who just received the Holy Spirit, and they're calling them drunk. Yeah, And Peter's like, it's only 9 a.m., these people aren't drunk. Mm -hmm. Something very significant has happened in the Spirit, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is unto the glory of God. So praise the Lord that they were submitted and yielded to that process, because they're like, what might have looked like drunkenness from the outside was actually turned into 3,000 converts in
0: the Church of Christ yeah. being born. And we're in this room because River House exists, and River House exists because God decided to pour his Holy Spirit on his people at Pentecost. So what took place in that room Wow! is actually why we're here. And if you're listening to this, you're listening to this, and it's, It's a testimony from, that started at Pentecost. Wow. Right? The ripple effects are insane. And we're all still learning to yield, but let's yield.
1: Yes. Think about about the ripple effects of your own yielding in your life, or someone else's. Like, I bet there was somebody that prayed for somebody along the line, and that's a reason that one of my ancestors converted to Christ. And, like, I come from a long line of Christians on both sides, but I assume that, you know along all of that was a lot there of stories different.
0: you'd never think or know and
1: and here we have the opportunity to do that mm-hmm. for the people around us and the generations behind us yeah come on before us not behind us yeah. uh, okay. anyway i'm eager this is a fun conversation john thank you for sharing that testimony i'm so glad you're on
2: the podcast this it's has been so, so good i've really loved just hearing you share your thoughts
0: it's been so fruitful would you feel okay just coming weekly? For sure. Right. Cool. Be, I'll be here. Unreal. <laughs> <laughs> I want it live streamed. Okay. Oh, Go. okay. Higher stakes. So I want cool. high stakes. See, good.
1: that's the discipline I'm talking about. You're over here with that heart that's like, actually, I want to put my flesh in an uncomfortable
0: position. We're doing the podcast line. None of us are super Online. comfortable, right? We're, f- we're faking ourselves on this planet if we're if we're comfortable. <laughs> this life is uncomfortable. Yes. Let's do it together. A good Let's oh. do it together. Shout out. A couple shout outs. Shout out to the people of Riverhouse. We love you. <laughs> shout out Riverhouse Merch. Oh, oh yeah. shout out Riverhouse Global. Yeah. Shout out seventh birthday. So I, don't I don't know mean, if this will be out before that, but shout out to it. It but won't be, but we'll still shout this out. This is okay. coming,
1: coming up. up the Friday after so we just had our birthday. Yeah. yeah. And after if you miss summer, this at the birthday. You know, hit us up. We'll get you more merch. Oh. Yeah. There will be an order, maybe. i do not Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> we're just going <gonna> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to yield to the side on the merch. But shout out. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. just seven.
0: Crazy. So, so
1: awesome. So, so good. good. That's so fun. Wow. Well, thank you so much, listener, for being a part of this conversation with us. Thanks a ton, John, for your wisdom. So good. And just for serving. Yeah, just continuing to pour your life out. For this congregation and for the lord ultimately you're very much like a mary of bethany alabaster jar kind of person in my eyes and you pull me closer into the holy holies because of that so praise god for you retweet not trying to like give you a big head or anything it's all downward mobility come on there you go tie it all together um wow all right well that's it yeah last words bye bye
2: Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Waters Podcast. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, we meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse worship team production is done by jordan Soderman. special thanks to isaiah guerrero for our artwork benjamin olson writes and co-hosts with me jace langley and i also edit this bad boy if you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us please leave us a review wherever you listen to the deep waters podcast may christ be with you wherever you go